Boomtron. 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 Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Netflix OGs get your groove on. We talk about it all, we could be wrong. Kill the better views like a Demogorgon. Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Just a few guys talking about the originals. Yo, pick a favorite show, we can put it on. We know it also, nothing's atypical. And welcome to the Boomtron Podcast. I am Diego. I'm joined by Amy and Mark. We're gonna press play on some Netflix originals for today. This is episode 36. Hello, everyone. Hello. Howdy, howdy. Hi. So, uh, you know, before we get started, I just want to take some time today to give a shout out to one of my favorite TikTok follows now of all time. Amy, I just have to say <laughs> that you on TikTok is probably some of the most entertaining stuff I have had the pleasure of watching for the last couple of days and just giving Be me quiet. a good You're all around lying. chuckle. <laughs> You're just lying now. You're not being nice. Uh, <sighs> it was yeah. good. It was good, good times though on TikTok. I had a good mm -hmm. chuckle. Yeah, thanks. You're making fun of me now. Oh, I'm I spreading am? the word about books that I read because I'm multifaceted. I watch a lot of TV, but I also read a lot of books. So apparently you're only down for the TV watching, but, but that's okay. We can't all read books and understand them. So I get that. I learn books. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so what have you guys I, been watching? I've been watching uh, the shows that we're going to talk about today. I watched two of them. I finally just finished up um, Gilmore Girls, which I had been rewatching this summer. But I watched He's All That and I watched The Chair. Um, and those are the two that, that I kind of spent my, my Netflix time on this week. So not much other than that this time. I, I started... Um, a one called Open Your Eyes, which is, it's this Polish um, drama where this woman or teenage girl maybe wakes up with amnesia and she's in this clinic for um, amnesiacs, is that the word? And she is trying to get her memory back, but the way that this facility kind of goes about it is a little bit weird and different. So she feels like something's not quite right. Um, I only got through the first episode, but it looks good. I'll probably continue reading it or watching it. Um, and then I also started the first episode. Wait, episode or was it a movie? Sweet girl. Movie. Okay, so I started the movie, um, but I only got about like 15, 20 minutes in and then I had to go do something. So I didn't keep watching, but I, I plan on watching that because I liked what I saw. So so I actually did finish watching Sweet Girl and I think we were talking off air about it and I, I enjoyed it. It's not one of my favorite Jason Momoa movies because, you know, just to be honest, that's really the reason I, I wanted to watch it. But there was a nice little twist to it. The action sequence and the fight sequences were really well done, I thought. The story is familiar. It had that kind of, I think, what's that movie? John Q, maybe? Was that with Denzel Washington? Yes, yes. Kind, yeah. of, kind of gave me those vibes, and, and I really liked that movie, so that, that, that kind of hooked me a little bit. But uh, definitely enjoyable. Definitely, if you're looking for some action, I would, I would, I would recommend this movie. So, okay. Definitely, right. and the twist there is uh, pretty nice, too, so a little. All right. There you go. So that's it. And I, the other, the only other thing I watched besides that, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth, is the The Witcher. So I watched He's All That and The Witcher and The Chair. 
I had a lot of laundry to fold this week. My life is very exciting. Um, <laughs> the other one I'm starting on, and it looks really interesting, is uh, y'all know who Bob Ross is, the the painter? Yes. From, oh, oh, I started I that too. I saw that. I, How was I that? Started. Okay, so I'm not all the way done with it yet, but it Same. is. Same. So, the, so it, the documentary is called Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. And, you know, it tells you all about Bob Ross, who I, I'm a fan. I've always thought he was, you know, kind of weird and cool. Uh, and um, for those of you who aren't familiar, he's the one that used to do the PBS specials where he could paint an entire landscape in 30 minutes. And he's well known for talking about happy trees when he paints right. them. Um, but uh, after he died, there's just this crazy, like, dynasty level play, power play for his estate the, or a company called Bob Ross Inc. between... Bob Ross's family and then this other organization slash family known as the Kowalskis. And I read uh, that it, it, that the Kowalski family is so powerful and intimidating that people who in, in the art world, in the media world, who know Bob Ross and, and are sort of on his, his family's team, the son's team, they were afraid to speak for the in the documentary on the record because they're so afraid of repercussions from this, you know, this, this, industry giant um wow. yeah that's kind of where i'm at in the documentary too which is starting yeah. to kind of get into that and I, so, I don't know you know i don't know anything about bob ross besides what i would see on on tv and but that's about it so again that other information there about his life and how his journey was uh seems interesting right now so i'm definitely going to finish that this week yeah all right and that's what you've been watching just that uh, yeah just well that <laughs> just that and the I, other one uh, from Netflix, that's pretty much it. Okay. Now. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So, Mark, I know you're dying to tell us how much you loved He's All That. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> why don't oh. we start there? Yeah, why not? Uh, Amy, do you, uh, you want to do a little summary of it? or? <laughs> sure, I will. So, He's All That is basically like the modern retake of She's All That which is, you know, uh, I believe it was like 90s uh, teen movie where there's this girl and she's like a hopeless, you know, nerdy loser kind of girl. And the, the high school has all of the possible high school stereotypical characters in it. And they make a bet. This one guy makes a bet that he can turn. It's Freddie Prince Jr. And he makes a bet that he can turn her into, I think, maybe the prom queen or something by the end of the movie. And of course, they fall in love. And then she finds out that it was this bet and she gets mad and blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, so in this one, um, they take the guy who plays Johnny Lawrence's son in Cobra Kai. Um, and he is like this, you know, long haired, scruffy, nerdy, I guess in the social strata of their high school loser kind of guy who um, has no interest in having a cell phone or social media or anything that everybody else is interested in. And then there's this girl who is like, making a name for herself on Instagram and um, she makes a bet with her friends because she winds up finding that her boyfriend um, who was uh, a guy who was in uh, girl meets world an American um, housewife an American housewife. Oh yeah. God, that's it. He was from American housewife. I'm like, I know, I know him from something else. Um, 
and they were boyfriend girlfriend and she catches him cheating on her and her friend kind of films her meltdown and she kind of loses all these followers so she makes this deal that she can make over anyone because that's what she's known for like these makeovers and she can make over anyone so of course they're going to pick who she's going to turn into the prom king and it's this guy and so you know they go through the process. They have the montage where he's trying on clothes and they're going to make him cool. And they do a haircut and they shave him. And, oh, my God, he's so hot all of a sudden. And, of course, <laughs> there's chemistry between them. And so I, I, you know me, and there is not a teen movie or teen show that I won't watch and just love because, I don't know, I'm perpetually a teenager in my head. Um this has been one of the worst teen movies I've ever seen. And, and that's worst, saying something. <laughs> it is. It is. Because I've watched them all. But worst, worst, but still, I couldn't stop watching. And I've got to be honest with you, I'm probably going to watch it again. Amy. Like, I, I can't. No. I can't, help, I can't help myself. It is. It's almost like a parody. Like, that's how bad it is. It's almost like a parody. But I couldn't stop watching it. It was so bad that I loved it. You love and to hate it. I did. Like, and it's so funny because I dropped my daughter off at college um, this weekend. I'm having trouble. Oops, sorry, my phone thought I was talking. My watch thought I was talking to it. I, I dropped my daughter <laughs> off at college this weekend. And her friends, Helen and Bree, were sitting in the apartment. And as I walked in, I saw the TV screen. And they were watching it. And I was like, oh, you guys, I watched this last night. And then Helen and I got in this conversation. Brie was seeing it for the first time. Helen had already watched it. And I was like, it's so bad. And Helen's like, it's so bad. And like, and 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 I was like, the prom scene. She's like, oh, my God. Or how about the horse scene? And then Brie is like, you know, oh, I saw the horse scene. And Helen's like, you haven't seen the horse scene yet. And like, I was like, well, oh, it's so bad. Oh, it's just, there's so look, many things that like. Let, let me I, jump in real quick. Let me jump in real quick. Okay, though. go ahead. I don't even it's, know what to say. It's it's the horse scene, not the horse scene. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes. The, the horse scene. The e the equine scene. There you um, go. And and again, I see what they did. Right. They updated the storyline to include social media, mm -hmm. to include the fact that so many teenagers are just like addicted to, it's not real if I'm not showing it to a million people, right? Mm -hmm. Or um, my image is my everything. And so they, they did a good job with that, yeah. but it was so ridiculous. The, there's there, there's well, a scene, go, go ahead, go ahead. Well, and I'll say, it was a smart move to do the gender flip uh, for the remake because yes, yes. Uh, she's all that. While I loved that movie back then, it mm -hmm. really, I don't think it aged very well because to watch it in today's day and age where they're talking about uh, um, uh, the, the main characters, they're talking about her boobs and they're talking about right. her body. It's so, it objectifies women at an, at a, you know, not that that was ever good, but in an era when that is highly toxic. So right. I think... To, to switch the power around, have the women in charge or the girls in charge in the high school uh, making this bet, uh, I thought that was a, a smart choice. Um, Addison Ray, who is the lead in this movie, uh, um, her character's uh, Paget, the the right. you know, the social media maven. Um, 
She's awful. And she's a TikTok, a real-life TikTok celebrity with like 82 million followers. I think she made over 5 million last year in endorsements. I Googled it when I started the movie because I was like, who is this chick? Uh, she's not a good actress. Um, she's just not. And uh, her, her character's arc throughout the film, you know, which parallels Freddie Prinze's in the first... That, right. she, that she realizes that, that, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. There's more to, you know, life than being popular. You know, they find true love, etc. She gives this great little speech at the end uh, at prom or homecoming, rather, where, whichever it is, where she's talking about, you know, she shows pictures of herself out of makeup and looking silly. And even at one point where she was having her meltdown, her boyfriend, and she blew a snot bubble and they were calling her right. bubble girl. And so she showed that picture. Uh and that was all well and good in a, seri- in a in a silly, shallow way to show that this character had developed. But then you go to pa- uh, to Addison Ray's real life TikTok page right now, and it's all that crap. Her character she, yeah. she has not learned the lessons her character has learned, and it's just annoying. And like when she's throwing, she makes that croquembouche dessert, yeah, to, to bring to her boyfriend because <laughs> you know croquembouche high school, yeah. Um, <laughs> and she starts throwing it at him, and she calls him a croquembouche. And I was right. like, oh, this is the lo- this is the level of movie we're going to be watching. And then she blows a snot bubble. I'm like, oh, okay, here we are. And right. I kind of just came away from the movie going, why? Like, like right. you know, there's so many great remakes out there. And, and, you know, something that may be fueled by a certain celebrity or fueled by a, a, a culture like the zeitgeist wants to see this. Uh, this was not one of them. Right. And, and that's why I said, like, it almost felt like a parody. Like, mm-hmm. it was so far from being, like, a great... So, like, I couldn't even take the social commentary seriously. And that's... And I didn't even know that she was a TikTok star. Like, I didn't even know that. Um, but, like, again, one of the moments that really stands out to me, because it didn't make any... It didn't make any sense at all and really just felt like I, I, I don't even know why it was there um was they're at the dance whether it's prom or homecoming they're at the dance and they're like oh, oh and the principal is played by Matthew Lillard um from like scream and like come on he, well, I'm and, gonna take him seriously as the principal well but anyway, he, he was in he's all that or, or she's all that too. yeah and That's, he was in that uh, too yeah. right which is why he's here but but he's and he's like, yeah, you know, now it's time for the annual like dance off. He's like, we've got some weird traditions at this school, and all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's the most cringy thing I've ever seen. All so of a sudden, cringy. Everybody who's on the homecoming court, who's been nominated, they do like this weird dance off thing, and they all know all the moves, and they all like it. Just like okay, thirteen going on thirty, right? They do the thriller dance. But the Thriller dance is a dance that everybody who grew up when that was a video that was on MTV, they all know it, right? And there's a purpose behind it. She's trying to get people dancing. And she's, you know, she's a little kid trapped in an adult body. Like, there's a purpose for this big dance scene in that movie. And yes, they're at a dance, but it made no sense at all. Like, Mm. in my notes as I'm watching the movie, five different times, I just wrote the words, Stop it. Because, <laughs> because it was I ridiculous. I wrote why. Because <laughs> it was ridiculous. But like I said, I will probably watch it again. Because it was, I mean, I, I, 
I don't know. And then maybe that's the genius of guy. I hate to say this, but maybe that's the genius of the film is that it was so ridiculous that it's one of those movies, like the movie, this is going way back. You're going to have to be as old as me to, to know what I'm talking about, but top secret with Val Kilmer, mm-hmm. um, which was like an early eighties nonsense movie. But I love that movie because it doesn't make any sense. It's so stupid. Um, and I love it. And I kind of feel like that's how this movie is too, but it was so bad. Um, and oh, and, and of course, Tanner Buchanan, that's his name, right? Yeah. I think that's his name. And of course, because he's in Cobra, and I really feel like this is why they put this this scene in there. He's, he's the guy from Cobra Kai. And so, of course, they have him doing all of these like karate fighting moves against the, you know, his nemesis. Right, Jordan. And I'm like, stop that, too, because it doesn't fit with his character. You know what I mean? Like, he's this photography, peace-loving guy, but he also happens to know these fighting moves. It just was ridiculous. And And then at the end of it, and then at the end, what does he do? He rides up to the dance on a white horse. That's horse, not whore. Right, (laughs) correct. (laughs) But, like, again, this is one of the areas where I wrote stop it like it's just so ridiculous I don't know I, well, I, I don't know I t- going back to the, the, the whole who is Tanner Buchanan's character Cameron or like making him up I think even just creating him as the ugliest worst guy in school that they were going to make was part of the bet you know they they put a bad wig on him a like a a, 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 a ski cap and had a, a photographer who likes to take pictures with an, you know, an analog, old-fashioned camera. So all of a sudden, like he's the, the biggest dork in school. Uh, right. And, and then, lo and behold, they have the wardrobe montage, and he is ripped for days. Like, <laughs> right, <laughs> like his right. abs, his abs have abs, and uh, <laughs> like I don't know the whole thing. And I feel like when we've since I've been doing these reviews with y'all I feel like such an old fart because you guys like the young adult stuff a lot more I think than I do I'm like the the old Muppet up in the balcony screaming <laughs> like heckling you guys um but uh I felt that way for this one too it was just like I, I can't suspend enough disbelief to believe like for example that that cringy dance sequence that Nisha who was Cameron's best friend and also right. a, a social nobody halfway through the film she kind of starts to crush on one of the pretty the the popular girls that's, right. friend, that's friends with Paget, and then three days later is in the front row of this dance battle with all the choreography <laughs> on lock, and I'm just going right. no, 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 no. Um, and then the other thing I have to talk about the endorse the the marketing the the branding in the movie. Okay. There I so I, uh, Paget's character she's a, a marketer she's an influencer she's always talking about name brands and I get it that that's going to be part of that movie. Um, but then from the moment we meet her and she's promoting a fictional product, Bunny Venom, which I love the name. I'd buy anything named Bunny Venom. Just thought I'd right. say that. Then they go to literally promoting every product you can think of. The girls have bottles of core water prominently placed on the table, which I don't even know if they pick up and drink, but there's a bottle for every girl sitting on that table. And then they right. go to a party. And at the pool party, they're like, hey, we're just hanging out eating Pizza Hut. And then Nisha's character is going to leave. And she goes, let me just grab this bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'm like, shut it down. Right. Uh, it's, and I it, wonder if that was part of the deal with the girl who plays Paget. Like, I wonder if they're like, 
TikTok sponsors of her. And yeah. that was part of the deal. Like, and I don't like that. I don't like being marketed to when I'm trying to be entertained. You know? Exactly. I mean, make it subtle or or don't do it. I mean, right. but, but right. It, I felt like I was being beaten over the head by product placement and it was so annoying. Yeah, so, I agree. All right. And so, I'm not going to watch it again, Amy. <laughs> right. My That's wife wants thing. to watch it. And I, I told her, because I, I think Amy mentioned in the text chat that, or Mark, Mark, I think it was you actually, how bad it was. And she's like, ooh, I'm going to watch this this weekend. And I was like, I hear it's not that great. <laughs> She's like, I'm probably still going to watch it. I'm like, all right, well, let me know. <laughs> right, because that's the thing. Like, I, you you have to watch it anyway, and or at least she does. Um, but, like, I, I, I can't I can't give it a thumbs down. Amy! Because I know I'm going to watch it again. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'll give this one a thumbs to the side. I it's It's just so bad that I couldn't stop watching it. I Amy, don't know. If I if we were in this movie together right now, I'd be throwing <laughs> horse manure in your face just like they did. <laughs> yeah, another part of it. Come super, on. Who's super charming. Horse poop and throwing it. Oh my god. Why don't you guys talk about The Witcher? Let's totally change gears. <laughs> All right. So, we watched The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf, the animated uh prequel to The Witcher series. So, Mark, I know you said that you haven't had a chance to catch the live series of The Witcher. Correct. With Amy's, um, you know, boy boy crush, Henry Cavill. Mine too. So it's a, oh, you, you can say boy. You can say boyfriend. It's okay. Boyfriend. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it was I'll official pass. yet. She's I didn't know it was pass. official. Congratulations. We haven't been telling people, but it's official. Go ahead. So we have the prequel, the animated, and I'm kind of. I'm kind of glad they did the animated version because I always feel when they do animated R-rated shows, uh, anything goes. No mm -hmm. one's safe. Anything goes. Um, very graphic. Yes. Very, very meant for a mature audience. And even though the Witcher live version is also mature audience, uh, it doesn't get as gruesome and as graphic as the animated. And I saw somewhere online that they were talking about how they were glad that they did the animated version because there's that one scene towards the end where it's like the fall of um, and i don't know if i'm saying this right kyre mohan where mm -hmm. all the demons come to attack like the castle of the witchers and it's just like hundreds and hundreds of demons versus like hundreds of uh, witchers and the the producer was saying we don't know if we could have done that live action with yeah. all that with the budget epic. that they had and whatnot. So so it was definitely cool being able to see that. Definitely cool getting to see, you know, the training of witchers and how they're being brought in usually as orphans or sometimes the parents had no money. So instead of paying the witchers, they would pay them with like their baby or their, you know, young boy. And so just seeing the whole training of the witcher from being this boy to now this man who was able to kill all kinds of monsters and they have magic and it's a pretty tiresome uh, and, you know, deadly training. Not all the boys make it. Uh, at one point, there was that one scene where, um, uh, what, what, oh, I just blanked out on the guy's name. Uh, Vesemir? Vesemir. Vesemir, yeah. Yeah, he kind of like, he goes to bed and then he wakes up like in this swamp with all the other kids 
and then they just start getting attacked by all these demons or monsters, and like pretty much all the kids died except him, or maybe like, like two others, like ripped to pieces died. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the the one guy is like, well, you know, training's tough. <laughs> it's like that sometimes. <laughs> it's like, holy cow, dude. Like, uh, okay, so it was it was good. Uh, what, what do you think, Mark? So I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought, just as you mentioned, right from the jump, we start with there's a, a nobleman and his children, and they're uh, on the side of the road. Their horse-drawn carriage is on the side of the road because he has to relieve himself. And then a monster known as a Leshen starts, which kind of was like a like half half veg, vegetative, half zombie-type creature, but it was using these giant tentacle-type things. Um, and it basically rips the entire family, father and three little girls, into pieces. Uh, and there's one little boy who survives, and he that's how we first meet Vesemir, is that he comes in and saves the day. But right from the moment, like you're like, this is not a typical cartoon. This is, I mean, I know for a lot of anime, there's that level of gore, but uh, it, it was it was pretty jarring. And I liked that because it made me tense. Uh, and I liked when Vesemir began to reminisce about his, his childhood, right. his relationship with Ileana, his, who was his best friend slash, you know, would they, wouldn't they kind of crush. Um, but they were both peasants who worked for a rich family and were treated horribly. And he dreamed of a, of a life of wealth and riches, and she just wanted to be happy in a house by the lake. And that was kind of where they were different. And he meets a witcher who comes to exercise a demon from their noble woman employer. Uh, and from that moment, Vesemir's hooked. He sees a little bit of gold coin and he's like, I'm with you. And he leaves Ileana behind. Um, and midway through his youth flashback, she writes him a letter saying, you know, you've, you've found the path that you want. I'm still on the path that I want. Just forget me. Let me go. Um, and so I, and then, you know, a little bit of a spoiler, but down the road, you find out that one of the, in present day, one of the noble women who is advocating for the witchers, saying that they are good people when a, uh, a sorceress is trying to say that they are bad, um, turns out to be grown Ileana. And she's much older now because witchers age at a slower pace. So you don't see that twist coming at first. Uh, but when you find out who she is and they reunite, it's like there's, I was like, there's a full-fledged romance happening in the middle of this gory anime. And I, I thought it was great. It gave me different layers to peel away. Um, and even not knowing how, I, I'm sure if I had seen the original Witcher series, I'd be getting much more of the subtext and finding Easter eggs and all that fun stuff. But even um, without it, I felt like you know, I was, I was digging it. And I don't know if I missed this in the, in the live action series. Uh, and I probably did just not paying attention. But the medallions that they wear, how they they like hum when there's a monster nearby. I thought that was I, I I don't remember seeing it so so like out there, so obvious in the the live action series. So I don't know if I just missed that little detail while I was watching that. But also w- what I enjoyed too the the backstory of how the witchers, along with the mages that were working with the witchers and kind of helping to train the witchers in magic, I guess. They were creating new monsters so that the witchers would stay in business kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of found out about it. And that's why they attacked the witcher's castle. And they, you know, started to, they they wanted to destroy the witchers. So that 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 part was cool and seeing that backstory. So I, th- I thought it was a very nice way of doing a prequel. And it gets me excited for season two of The Witcher, which comes out in December. And I was just reading about how you 
in the anime um in the animated movie here there were there were locations that season two is going to visit so like i said uh the witcher's castle they're gonna go there and you're gonna see like it all ruined and without seeing the prequel you might not know why what happened here oh cool so there's definitely going to be something, a couple things that tie into season two of The Witcher that was in the prequel. So if you haven't seen the prequel, definitely do that before seasons two starts. I mean, you got time. Like I said, I believe season two comes out in December, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I I was late to the train myself with season two. I know Damon and Amy made fun of me when we first were recording because I hadn't seen it yet. And I I just saw it I think maybe two or three months ago. Uh, and it was it was awesome. It was dope. Yeah, I got to so, catch up on so much. I got to see that too. It's good. It's very good. I, I I like Henry Cavill. I don't think I've seen him in anything that's not good. To tell you the truth, I will say uh, just for people who think that animation and, and cartoons and you know these sort of graphic novel type stories aren't for them, um, I remember uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was a huge fan, and it ended when it ended. You know, for lots of different reasons. You know, the character, the the actors were getting tired, and then the show's ratings were dipping a little bit. But Joss Whedon always said he was really frustrated because he had such bigger, bolder tales to tell, but they just didn't have the money for it. And yeah. so he, he started doing a Buffy comic that picked up. It was the, the series was called Season 8, and then he did four more seasons after that, all in comic format. And he had them turning into gods and these incredible special effects and epic battles, that, you know, cities being destroyed, all these things he never could have done you know, on the, you know, on the CW at Sunnydale. Um, and I felt, I was thinking about that when I was watching that big epic final battle of Witcher because watching Vesemir flying through the sky, hopping from demon mm. to demon, killing them, riding their dead bodies down a bit lower and then hopping onto another one. Like that stuff was amazing. And with, unless you had, you know, summer blockbuster level budgets. Yeah, yeah. And the best CGI it, team. You can't yeah, no, that. you're right. So it's, and it'll be cool to see. You know, of course, like I said, I, I'm going to go back and watch season one for sure now. And then to see how they go from this uh, animated prequel and then shift gears again back to season two, I'm kind of curious to see what that feels like. If it's going to be visual whiplash or if it's going to feel like a cohesive story. And you also there just I don't know how familiar you are with season two or I mean, season one of um, The Witcher. The there at the end, you see La- Lady Aberst, um protecting those little kids and one of them is the witcher from the live action Geralt. Geralt? 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 Yeah, so that's Henry Cavill's character, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and that was, the, she called him by name, or uh, Vesemir called him by name at the very yes. last moment. And yeah, I, so that was cool. Yeah. So that's a nice little callback to the, the live action version and uh, the main character there. So so Amy, I, I don't know, you, you said you haven't watched it or did you watch any of it yet? I didn't watch any of this. I didn't watch so, any of the prequel. I loved I loved the live action. I loved season one. But, you know, I, I don't love, I don't know. Like, I didn't love the other animated adult things that you guys watched either. Um, I don't know. It's just not my genre, which is weird, particularly because I, I've seen season one of this show. So I'm familiar with the storyline. But I had no desire to watch this. Like there was just nothing that I was like, oh, I really want to see this. I just figured, all right. I, I don't know. I have an issue with, I don't like when something has aired and then they go back and make a prequel. 
Um, because I already know how the story ends. Like that's that's why I haven't seen Black Widow. And you need yet to know how you you need to get there. How you got there. I Come but on. I don't need to know how I got there because I already know how it ends. It's it's kind of like if somebody tells me the end of a book, I'm not going to pick up the book. I mean, that's why we tell people if we're having spoilers or not, because once you know how it ends, there's no impetus to, to watch or to read. Are you telling and me so, you don't read, you, you don't read the last sentence of every book you read before you start it? Absolutely not. Are you <laughs> kidding me? What kind of blasphemy is that? You should no. do that. You should put that on your book talk, TikTok. Oh my God! Stop it. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, oh no, Mark. What do you think? Two thumbs up. One thumb up. One and a half. What? Uh, what? Yeah, I'll highly say two recommend. Th- if, I'll say two highly, thumbs up for sure. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend it, especially if you haven't seen it and you're gearing up for season two. Definitely, if you haven't seen The Witcher at all, then you've been sleeping and with two yeah. pillows, and you need to <laughs> you need to get on that. You can start with the prequel if you want. That's fine. And then get into the live action. I don't think it really matters all that much. But definitely, definitely check that out. Definitely. Absolutely. All right. So, Mark. Yes. The chair. The chair. I, this I'm was an very, unexpected one for me. I, I'm very interested to hear about this to see if I'll give it a chance. But I doubt I will. But I'll hear you guys out. I doubt you will, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's... It was really unexpected for me. And Mark, I don't know if you suggested it or if it I was did. in our friend group that suggested it. Maybe you suggested it to me and Michaela. I don't remember, but I, I, I saw I saw a preview for it on on Netflix, and I was like, "Oh, that looks good." And then I never thought about it again. Um, and then you suggested, and I was like, "Okay." And it was so unexpected for me, but I also have a feeling that there's like a niche audience for it. I don't think everybody will enjoy it. Mm. I I love movies and and film and stories and books and series and about academia and school and teaching and like I love those. And I know a lot of people who are like, "Oh my god, I spend enough time in school. I don't want to watch th-. you know, like I don't want to hear about it once I'm I'm done with school." I love those. Um, and I love this on so many different levels mm-hmm. because as a woman um, who is in the field of education, who has moved into administration, um, I have definitely encountered a lot of the things that she encountered, a lot of the things that um, Holland Taylor's character was going through. Like, there was a lot of it that rang true for me. And I also found it to be a really entertaining story. And I love Sandra. I watch her in anything. Um, I just, I don't know. Like I said, it was unexpected for me. Um, but I really liked it. What, what were your thoughts? So or maybe I, maybe you should tell everybody what it, what it's about. Well, yeah. So uh, it basically, it's it, it was very interestingly done too because it's a six episode series. It's a limited mm-hmm. a limited run series, uh, and it, each episode was like in the neighborhood of about twenty minutes long. So they, they yeah went real fast. It was almost like just watching an extra long movie if you sat through you know uh, and kept watching episode to episode, which is how I watched it. Um, but uh, it basically starts off with Sandra O's oh's character. Uh, she's named Ji Yoon. Uh, she is a professor at the fictional Pembroke University, which 
It's, it you know looks like an Ivy League, Princeton, Yale type. Uh, they have described it in the show as a second tier Ivy League. Right. Uh, and she, it's her first day on the job. She's just been promoted to the chair of the English department, uh, which is filled with crotchety old men, like some of whom literally are, are taking their daily medication at the uh, Monday morning meeting and don't even know what their medication is. And, you know, some of them <laughs> right. are talking about having to wear diapers, uh, very out of touch. Um, but uh, it, it basically, Ji Yoon's character has uh, a, a very complicated and interesting family at home she has a traditional uh, korean i believe it was father yeah mm -hmm. uh she has a uh latino latina daughter who she has adopted she uh is single and uh, the daughter is hysterical she's so precocious and slightly evil oh, like right <laughs> uh but it's basically her trying to navigate this very you know like she's she's riding between two different rails of this completely traditionalistic white bread old man professor uh driven society and then a uh young energetic uh society that that is being sort of labeled as a threat of cancel culture in a lot of ways which i'll get to in right. a second um and she's caught in the middle of these two worlds and trying to succeed as a mom and as a daughter and as a professor and as a friend in the midst of all of this. So it, it was, it, the, the setup was really good. And there were all kinds, of, like you mentioned, Holland Taylor's character. Uh, they, at the beginning, have relegated her to a basement office underneath the athletic uh, workout room. Right. Um, she's fighting to have her office moved. She's fighting to have her uh, equal pay that to her um, counterparts. Uh, there is a young uh, African-American female professor who's a friend of Ji Yoon's. Her name is Yaz. I love that name. Mm -hmm. uh, and she, her classroom is packed and has a wait list. And right at the beginning of the show, the dean of the English department uh, is telling, or the dean of the college rather, is telling uh, Ji Yoon that she needs to cut three professors from her roster. Just straight right. up fi fire them because... The department is hemorrhaging enrollment. These people have been around the longest. They have the biggest salaries and, and uh, enrollments in the single digits. So she's desperately trying to find a way to, you know, protect these people that her, her, her colleagues who, for reasons that are not necessarily returned, she's loyal to. Uh, and she partners, Yaz, with an old relic of a professor, Dr. Elliot. Uh, or, right. or Elliot, Elliot is his first name. Right. Um, uh and, and he tries to turn her into his TA, has her passing out papers. And when he sees how much her students, re their students respond to her, uh, he, he, it angers him. And he's, he's a little jealous and a little, uh, a little worried. Um, so the, I guess he's not, he's not worried at all though. He just assumes that he's better than she is. Like he doesn't, it's not until he finds out that about the list that she was yeah. begged to partner with him because he's on this list. And that's when he gets worried. He thinks like she doesn't know what she's doing. She's no good. You know, those types mm -hmm. of things. So, so again, and that, and that's part of it is that he, he doesn't understand that he's a relic. He doesn't understand that he's got low enrollment or he does know he has low enrollment, but he doesn't see that as a failing. And, and that was really the piece that kept getting to me, um, again, as a teacher, right? I am a teacher, but here she is in the English department. I don't teach English, um, 
but but I'm I'm also a published author, right? And and I read constantly and I talk about books with my students all the time. And this idea of is is it should we just be encouraging kids to read or do they have to read the quote unquote classics, right? And mm -hmm. and part of Yaz's appeal to the kids is that yeah, she'll read some classics, but they're going to talk about the down and dirty of it, right? So they're talking about Moby Dick, and they're like, well, what about the fact that Melville was a wife beater, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, she's discussing those things with them, and 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 she's, she's they don't, ha you know, they're not only reading these classic pieces of literature that's canon, right? You, you can imagine that her bookshelves and the books she talks about with the kids are full of a whole variety of topics and subjects and stuff, because at the end of the day, you know, she that she that's how she connects with the kids like what what do they want to talk about with regards to the books that they're reading and he's just stuck in the well these are the books we read when i was in school and these are the books that are important to read and this is the way that we're supposed to discuss it um and and, and that's a very real uh you know push and pull that happens in in english classrooms all over the world i think so and and it also illustrates just how insulated and I, I I can't speak to the world of academia, but in this world, in in the the chair world, at, right, at, right, at Pembroke, how insulated these men are by their white cisgendered male identities that that he thinks it's just fine to talk about. Well, this we're reading it because we have to because it's what you know I like it and it's right. Whereas. The kids are trying to metabolize these works in their own language and emotion and amidst their own issues. And Yaz is helping them do that. They're, you know, they're getting up there and doing uh, spoken word about Moby Dick and playing the piano and rapping and talking about like the fact, you know, did Herman Melville beat his wife and that sort of thing. Uh, whereas for him, that's all just a foreign language he does not want to speak. Oh. And he doesn't understand the purpose of it because when he's talking about that later, he's like, she just does those things so the kids will like her. Like mm -hmm. he doesn't understand. No, she does those things so the kids will like the literature, mm -hmm. you know? And it, th there was just, again, th there was so much about this series that I just really, yeah. really liked. Well, um, and and, and we that was part of it. We haven't delved into sort of what the, the central conflict is for, for Ji Yoon, I think. And that is that, she has a, a very, very good friend slash will they, won't they love interest uh, slash former chair of the English department who has stepped down uh, because his wife had passed away recently. Uh, and his name is uh, Bill Dobson, and he is spiraling out of control in the wake of his wife's death. He's popping pills. He's missing classes. He lost where he parks his car at the airport in the first moments of the show, never right. finds the car again. So right. it's, every episode he gets to school a different way, walking you know, uh, uh, taking a little girl's bike, <laughs> all kinds of things. Um, but uh, he is, I mean, as a teacher, he's that hes that sort of Robin Williams, dead poet society teacher uh, where he makes learning interesting and he wraps his head around the material. But he's also a little jaded and a little broken from what's right. happened. So in his first class, which he's like 45 minutes late to, uh, and he's, you know, I think he's been drinking too, if I remember correctly, uh, he makes a joke uh, and in the joke, he does a, a Heil Hitler Third Reich salute, which is filmed and goes viral and creates a huge controversy at the uh, at the university. Uh, and 
Ji-Yoon, as his friend, is trying to help him navigate that crisis, uh, but then also as the head of the department, has to find a way to put her foot down and tell him, you know, that you've got to get it together or you're going to lose your job. And ultimately, uh, she does have to fire him. And um, this, for me, I think is where I have one critique of the show. And, and it's just because I loved the show and the environment so much. The very okay. The very first moment when she walks in at the first in the in the first episode, she sits down in this chair. So there's kind of that metaphor of she is the chair of the department, and here is a chair. The chair belonged to Bill, her predecessor. She sits down on it. It breaks in half, and she prat falls to the floor. Which right away I d- didn't see that coming because I didn't realize there was going to be sort of a comedic element to the show. Right. Uh, but so for me, I thought that that was a perfect metaphor for the rest of the show where Bill as the metaphorical or literal chair that was behind her falls apart and causes her to fall. Right. And, and it, it mirrors how a person of color, a female is pushed to the side for a privileged, entitled, unapologetic white male doing stupid stuff. And that, you know, for me that I wanted more of Ji Yoon and her life and her fighting the system and her friends. And I was forced to watch her cleaning up after Professor Dobson nonstop. Now, I liked him. He was so cute with her daughter. They had they right. had chemistry they had chemistry. But I wanted I was like, stop ruining her life. Let me enjoy like all right. the crazy things happening at the university and with Ji Yoon and and you go to an AA meeting, friend. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And, and I, and I agree with you about that because I felt like there were a couple of things that bothered me. One of them was that I felt like, and again, not necessarily with Bill because the truth is Bill, he, he, he kind of did it to himself, right? Like he should know better. That's, that's not okay to do, Mm -hmm. like I said, in any circumstance, but then he also won't apologize for it. Right. Right. And, and really like, take some ownership for what you did. Yes, you you made a, a a mistake. And then you say, I made a mistake, right? I should not have done that. That was wrong. But instead, he does that thing that people do when they're being passive aggressive. I'm sorry if you feel like, or if mm-hmm. I'm sorry if my actions made you feel. And the kids, and, and that's the thing I love about, you know, kids, um, particularly college kids, they're like, that's not an apology. Like, they call them <laughs> right out on it. They're like, that's not an apology. Um, so I was annoyed with him because, first of all, he did the wrong thing. Second of all, he wouldn't take ownership of it and admit that he was wrong. And he wouldn't apologize. So just apologize for it, man. Um, but I, so I felt like she was so distracted with him that she really missed, like she could have been a great chair, mm-hmm. but she was skipping her appointments. Um, where Holland Taylor, she says to Holland Taylor, Taylor, you need to report this to, you know, HR that you've, you've been moved to this basement. And she's like, okay, will you come with me? And she's like, sure. But she doesn't show up for that appointment. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, there's like, she's not getting paid as much money and she doesn't show up for that. And then there's something else and she doesn't show up for that. And so she's, she really was like when she gets ousted at the end, I'm like, Okay. I didn't feel bad about that at all because I thought she was a pretty sucky chair because she didn't do anything that she should have been doing. And, and I think she felt the same way because she, and they even put it in the writing, uh, in, in the dialogue that she looked lighter and happier after she lost the job. 
and, and was just got and had just gone back to teaching. And they showed that segment where she's back to teaching her students and just how poetic her 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 vocabulary is and and how happy she looks. And yes, she's there at the end, hanging out on the park bench with Professor Bill Dobson. Right. Um, but she seems like it, it seems like so I see an opportunity for season two if there's a season two and I hope there is for a real course correction because there were so many missed moments um you mentioned Holland Taylor's character um she she's so funny she's so incredibly funny and there was that little weird romance I felt like she had with the IT guy Horatio he clearly was crushing oh this. oh my god that was adorable that and, was adorable uh, I wish, like, when she confronted the student who wrote a bad uh, review uh, about her and her class, the, the confrontation was literally one-sided. It was just her yelling at this student in front of the library. I thought that could have been a whole funny thing or where she turns him around and over the course of time, he becomes her biggest fan. Like, right, right. Um, I think Yaz and Elliot together as the, you know, the May-December uh, uh, teacher pair. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, they could have created a real dynamic, a real chemistry. Uh, they show that one scene with Elliot at home with his wife where she's telling him he needs to wear diapers now in bed. Right, right. And and you suddenly feel for this guy who's clinging to the, less, the last vestiges of what he thinks matters. Uh, right. His intellect and his ability to, to function as this, you know, autonomous white male strength, you know, pillar of strength of the academic community. And she's like, well, you have to do it in a diaper. Right, um, right. He and Yaz, I think, could have come to a met in the middle and learned a lot from each other. And again, that right there is like a whole extra storyline, multiple episodes. Like they could do a season two that was but you know 12, what? 12 episodes long and I'd watch it. I don't think that would happen, though. I think I think the way that they played that storyline out is exactly how it would happen. I think he would have been way too threatened by her. And there's mm. no way he would have come to a meeting of the minds. I, I, I think that that storyline played out the way... Mm the way that it really would have. I, I don't know that that I it makes me sad um, because oh. I agree. I think it would have been great if like I, I would have loved to have seen him rapping a little about Moby Dick. Right. Right. But I, in a million years, I don't think he would have. And no, I don't know. let's let's talk about David Duchovny in the biggest oh WTF. My God. <laughs> like, so, so one of the things Ji Yoon had done was promise her friend Yaz, uh, it, what was is it the distinguished speaker? Is that what it was? It's, it's some kind of speech. She has to give this fancy speech, and it's like a big deal. And she'd be the first, I believe, woman or woman of color to do it, and it, it is a big deal. She's super excited, Yaz is, and Ji Yoon is excited to do it for her, to, to bequeath it to her. And then she gets pressured from the dean, who is actually the dean's wife, who uh, they're, they're trying to get star power into the university. And she had bumped into David Duchovny somewhere. And he has agreed to take on the role of distinguished speaker. And, and I like that he plays himself and it's a self sort of, it's a set satirical appearance of himself where he thinks he's super smart. And then he oh my kinda, God. That she kind of schools him. She schools yeah. him. The, um, but that was so random. <laughs> it was so random that he shows up there. And, and and even just the fact that they would pick him to be the replacement for the speaker. And then he's going to, he's going to teach Bill's classes. Um, I don't know. It was, it was all very interesting, but again, that the, the selection of him as absurd as it was shows this. Yeah. She's the chair, but she has no power. Mm -hmm. Right. Because mm -hmm. 
the board has decided that he would be great. And she's like, he's not an academic. Like he, he doesn't know anything. They're like, yeah, but he'll get seats in the chairs because again, and I'm not a college professor, but they want seats in chairs, right? Because mm. seats in chairs means money coming to the school. And that's really what it's about. It's not like, oh, there's low enrollment to this class. We need to academically challenge the kids. It's we need to attract more kids to our college so that they can pay tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that piece of it too. Again, I really liked it. I really liked it. I was disappointed in the character of Bill. Um, A, because he does the Heil Hitler thing. And it, it, it's, I was so disappointed in him in that moment um, because I was like, and this was kind of our first moments with him really after we see him like being late and getting there. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, so he's a jerk because you know i was like that's why would you do that that's not what we do and then and then when he won't apologize for it and then the fact that he keeps messing like june's like you can't be on campus but he keeps showing up on campus and Mm -hmm. she's like you need to apologize and even though he knows that her job is on the line if he doesn't get this straightened out he still won't apologize you know like that that character made me I felt like we were supposed to really like him. Like we were supposed to be like, oh, here's this guy who's grieving, blah, blah, blah. But he's not really, you know, like mm-hmm. if you watch him, he's he's kind of not. And he just wasn't likable. I don't know. But I, I but I liked I, I, I don't know. I guess I like the messaging of it. I loved watching the college students band together to kick him out. I was like, yes. yeah, go get him. Yes, <laughs> go get him. Like, you know what I mean? Like kids don't realize the power that they have. And I thought that was great that they're like, that's not okay. We don't want that here at our school. You need to go. Um, I I think there was a real parallel process to you, the viewer and to Ji Yoon, because all of the things that were frustrating us about the movie, which was, you know, Bill sucking all the air out of the room and her having to run around and take care of him because somehow she's become a second character to his drama. Right. Um, you know, like we felt that experience uh, watching the film, and that's what women and people of color feel all the time. Yeah, that yeah. There's this, this unapologetic, you know, mistake making oaf that suddenly she has to clean up after. And at the end, you know, he still gets he he's a winner. He's got the girl, and yeah. and he's happy. And so it's you know. That's true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. He he wins in the end. You're right. And and. After all of that, she's still going to be with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't that, know. It's a beautiful yeah. story. I wanted her to it's a beautiful dump story. him real hard. I can't wait to <laughs> watch <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, so Diego has decided he's definitely not going to watch this. Definitely um, <laughs> But let me ask this. What will you be watching in the future? You know what? I was looking at my list. Diego? And not. Hello? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I'm sorry. I did mean Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's uh, not much. There's not much. There's not much coming out by the time that we record our next episode. I mean, there's a lot in later September. I feel like like Midnight Mass, uh, but that's not till like almost the end of September. Uh, I'll probably watch Kate. That's September 10th. Mm-hmm. And then that's that might be it. That's co- oh, and the circle, oh the circle. So <clears throat> oh, I'm too hot to handle, agree. but but I think. And then that comes out after we record, so. 
So I found quite a few that I believe are coming out before we record again. Um, so I want to see Afterlife of the Party. I want to see On the Verge. Lucifer Season 6 is coming out. Does, um, is, Lucifer, is Lucifer considered a Netflix original now? It is now. It is now. It's not on, it's not on TV anymore. Lucifer, um, Netflix bought it. They okay. produced the last season and they're doing this this season, which will be the last season. Um, and then Dive Club looked good. And it looks like it's kind of like a mix of like Outer Banks and Nancy Drew. I don't know. Um, the Circle. I still didn't watch the, the, the latest season of The Circle, so I have to watch Dive that. And then Club I want to see the new same. one. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> Q-Force. I want to see Q-Force. Yes. There's one coming out called JJ and E. I want to see. There's one called night books and then marie kondo has a new one coming out called sparking joy so my family needs to make sure that they put away all their stuff because anything that's not nailed down i will be getting rid of so uh <laughs> that's that's what i and of course i say this knowing full well that i have to go back to school um on wednesday and won't have time to watch any of these but <laughs> that those are all my my plan for the next two weeks so mark uh, well, so for me, it's it's a pretty light list, but uh, I want to finish the Bob Ross documentary. Uh, definitely have to watch Q Force. It looks so ridiculous, but funny. Uh, right. And, and then uh, Kate with Mary okay. Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. You know, I looked at Kate, and I, I kind of want to watch Kate, but then I kind of don't want to watch Kate, but I kind of do. I don't know. I'll let you guys tell me if you like it, and then if I have to watch it or not. I'm a fan of hers from uh, the... Um, Oh, uh, I just blanked on her name. Uh, Harley Quinn movie, the the mm. Emancipation of Harley Quinn. Um, she's she's got a kind of nice badass component to her, so I'm excited to see her take the leading role. Okay, all right, okay. all right, okay. sounds good. Sounds good. So as always, everyone, check out the Facebook page, check out the Instagram, the Twitter. Um, give us a shout. Let us know if we missed anything. Let us know if you think we should be catching something that's not on our list to watch coming up. We have our, you know, from the other side of the couch episode of the Boontron podcast where we check out, you know, other shows on Apple TV, HBO Max, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Uh, I know we're going to probably talk about Ted Lasso again. So, like I said, any other shows, give us a shout. If not, we will see everyone next time. Bye, everyone. Just a disclaimer here, no members of the Boomtron podcast are employed by Netflix, nor do they have any business ties with the Netflix Corporation. This podcast for entertainment purposes only, and all Netflix news and information that is shared is simply what these three yahoos found online.